Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. Happy New Year and welcome to episode number 50, the very first episode of 2022. Wow, that's a big number that we are entering into this year. You know, it was another crazy and at times stressful year for all of us. I don't, you don't need to hear me say that. And it's certainly one that I'm happy to put in the rearview mirror. But before I do that, I did what I always do. I sat down to do some reflection and I made some lists. What worked in the past year? Yes, as insane as this year got at times, there was definitely some good stuff for me to write down. Actually, more than I thought once I put a pen to it. The next question I like to ask is, what didn't work? And I thought that list would be longer, but interestingly for me, that list was much shorter than I anticipated. It's the importance of making lists, I suppose. And then the third question I ask is the moving forward question. You know, what would I like to change as we enter into a new year? They're not resolutions. I personally hate that word. I think it gets us no place. Um, My friend Gloria Felt, who has been on the podcast before, likes to call this intentioning. And she has a very interesting book to help that process. And I will put that link in the show notes. And for me, on this New Year's, I wrote my list of intentions for what I would like to change in my life. And I was feeling pretty good about it. That was until I looked at my to-do list for January and I started stressing about time and how I was going to get all the minutiae stuff done and still have time for these intentions and all that I want to create this year. I found myself getting completely caught up in my head and out of my body, which is not a very mindful thing to do, especially for someone who has mindfulness in the title of her podcast and supposedly knows better. The stress of how I am going to be able to do everything I want to do and need to do, how I was going to find the time to do that, it had me getting less accomplished than I would have otherwise, completely wasted energy. So I cleaned. I like to do that when I get like this. Sometimes for me, the sense of accomplishment I get from a mindless task like cleaning and getting my home in order gets me back on track. And as I sorted through a file basket, I stumbled upon a copy of a little book I wrote way back in 2012, which is now officially 10 years ago. Geez, a whole decade. And the title of it is, It Takes an Egg Timer, A Guide to Creating the Time for Your Life. It's this very slim volume, and it's part manifesto, part guide. Now, it's not like there are not copies of this book in many places in my home, but I was clearly not noticing it. So I took it as a sign, and I decided to take some time to reread it to see what I had to say on the subject of time. And here's what I had to say in the introduction. Get to the page here. One of the biggest excuses for not creating the change we want is that we are convinced we just don't have the time. We're already on overload. 
How can we possibly fit one more thing in? We're convinced we have not a moment to do the things we have to do, much less what we yearn most to do. Time, we are certain, is an elusive entity. It moves too fast and slips through our fingers like grains of sand in an hourglass. We can't imagine that we can create any real change when we barely have enough hours in the day to do what is already filling our plate. The irony is that when we do try to create something new, we start from this place of lack. I wrote this to prove that excuse wrong. You do have enough time for everything you have to and want to, and then some. It's just a question of what you're letting get in the way. So as I often tell my students when they're stuck, go back to the basics, which is what I'm doing. And this book is based around the idea of using a good old analog kitchen timer to create space and parcel out your time. Let's see what I had to say about that and how this idea came to be. The egg timer has been a permanent fixture in my home since I was a kid. My mother had a white plastic Lux egg timer with black numbers she kept on the gas stove in the kitchen. She used it for everything from cooking to keeping track of when it was time for the clothes being washed in the laundry room around the corner were going to be put in the dryer. Mom even used it for her naps. We called it an egg timer, but technically there were 60 minutes available on it to parcel out anything from the three-minute egg to the 40-minute 11 pound cake. I learned to like the soft ticking at an early age. I never found it a distraction, but rather my own personal soundbite that signaled that a space for something to blossom had been created. Of course, I was not spiritually evolved enough at that point in my life to understand the concept of creating space, but I felt it intuitively. The gentle, unobtrusive ticking of an egg timer fell on my ears like the sound of the ocean soothing and calming. I grew to understand it as a set amount of time in which something could be created. In the kitchen, it was food. On my desk, it would be something else. It started as a way for me to structure my day, a method for me to appropriate out how much time I wanted to work on any given item, from writing a blog to networking for new clients. But it became something more. It became a vehicle through which I could design a clean space with which to create whatever it was, my personal oasis in which I might quiet my mind of extraneous interruptions so I could think and do my best work. So here's the thing. It's not like I have not used this method in the last 10 years or that it doesn't work. But what I noticed as I was reading is that I have gotten lax about using it. In the same way that one can fall out of the habit of going to the gym until you notice yourself getting flabby. Discipline, which is necessary in any endeavor, including creativity, was something I have been very sporadic about this past year. This was the year of being kind to myself, of moving through the stages of grief after my mother passed, not to mention cleaning out her condo and selling it. It's not like I haven't been using my egg timer. In fact, while I am planning out the script for this episode, it is quietly ticking in the background. That's a little green owl, and it's rather adorable. And if I didn't set the timer, trust me, I would not get this done. It works for me. It always has. 
I just have not been disciplined with it. So let's see what I had to say about the subject of discipline. Discipline, discipline, discipline. There's that word again. The one we are so ingrained to think of as something bad, something that happens when we've done a wrong. It doesn't have to be. It can't be if you really want to create anything. Reframe the word. Let it come from a place of valuing yourself enough to find the time to do not just what you need to do, but what you desire to do. Let discipline be a statement of your dedication to you, your art, your family, your love. Singers and musicians understand the meaning of discipline, for without practice, they would never reach the high notes. Now, you may be thinking, all that discipline does not make room for any fun. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Trust me when I say I believe in making time for play as well. Or for wandering or lollygagging, as I like to call it. Because apparently, I also had something to say about that concept. Lollygagging is something really easy to slip into if you work, especially if you work for yourself. And I'm going to add this in. It's not in the book. But these days, even if we're not working for ourselves, so many of us are working from home. It's not so easy when there is someone just a few doors down you are accountable to. It's one of those old words only silly people like me still like to use. It's defined as spending time aimlessly, the kind of activity best suited for a day on the east end of Long Island with the waves of the Atlantic crashing at your feet or wandering Paris on a May afternoon. It's not what you want to be doing when you're building a business, writing a novel, or preparing for a big presentation to your boss. I admit it, I like to play as much as I like to work. Therefore, I make time to lollygag. I would never tell you not to. But when you are wondering why you have not added 10 new words to the article you were supposed to finish last week, check that calendar to see how much time you've been lollygagging. What's key is to plan for it. Get it on the calendar. Block out the time. Something, again, I have been sporadic about. Jenny Blake, author and founder of The Pivot Method, who will be on the podcast later this year to talk about her newest book, Free Time, Lose the Busy Work, Love Your Business, which is also available for pre-order now, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that, and which I happen to be reading now as I'm prepping for our conversation. Jenny is a big advocate of getting everything on the calendar. She even suggests blocking out a chunk of time each week for what she calls founder time, to just think and plan and strategize. And the thing is, even if you're not a founder of anything, we're all in charge of our own life path. So the concept can work for that as well. I had heard her talk about this before, but apparently it was another thing I seemed to have forgotten. And as I read through my little book, I was reminded it's not a new concept to me. I talked about tracking time in the book and actually offered an exercise. Take a moment for the next week. Track what you are doing by hour. Carry a small notebook with you or keep an Excel sheet on your smartphone if that's your preference. And I will add in here, which is not in the book, is that these days there's plenty of different apps that help you to track your time. Just but make the notes, start with when you get up and end with when you go to sleep. And at the end of the week, you know, get out the highlighter and see what you notice. How much of your busyness was the good kind, focused and engaged, 
And how much was just distraction from real work? Social networking without purpose. Hours of mindless television. Phone calls to commiserate about how you really don't have any time to track your time. Be sure to include the weekends in your experiment. Your time management is not relegated only to our work days. In the age we live in, we are overloaded with opportunities to waste time 24-7. And our free time is as precious as our work time. We want to maximize that as well. Last January, I was determined to lose my pandemic weight. The only diet that had ever worked for me when my weight had gotten out of control before it was Weight Watchers. So I joined... The updated version works off a handy app that forces you to track each and every morsel of food and drink you consume. I was determined to get this weight off before lockdown was over, mostly so I could put on a pair of jeans again. So I tracked. I was disciplined. We've all been there before. When there is something we want to do, whether it's losing weight or training for the New York Marathon, discipline is involved. This works for managing our time because when we manage it better, we create more of it. I just seem to have been limiting this discipline to my diet in 2021. You know, when you get everything on the calendar, not just your business meetings and your hair appointments, you can track your time better and see what's really going on. You go from wasting time, like watching old Seinfeld and Grey's Anatomy reruns to avoid the news, and yes, I do that, to creating time. And let's face it, there are a lot more time wasters out there today than when I wrote this book. Even in 2012, I called it the social media swamp. At the time, no one knew the Loch Ness Monster was lurking in the form of addictive algorithms designed to make us feel like we are standing in quicksand. The truth is, without a lot of discipline in 2021, I did manage to get a lot checked off last year's list of intentions. But you know, I just can't help but wonder how much more I would have accomplished with a bit more structure and discipline. You know, one of the questions I ask in my book is what are you going to make time for now that you have some better ideas on how to manage it? I think that's a good question to ask as we start 2022. Perhaps if we look at more in terms of what we will make time for and not just what we want to create, we'll value it more and make that time. So as I wrap up this episode, I will pose the question to you. What are you going to make time for in 2022? Or as Jim Croce sang, if you could save time in a bottle, what's the first thing that you'd want to do? I'm teaching a January term class. I have my podcast, a book project I'm working on and planning to do for the spring semester. I'm also headed down to Florida. Hopefully Omnicrom will not get in the way for a long weekend and some playtime with my cousins. I can easily get overwhelmed just thinking about how I will do it all. Fortunately, I found I have only to reread my own words and remember it's up to me, just me. The time is there. It's just up to me to create it with discipline, calendar, and in my case, my trusty kitchen timer. Now, if you'd like to read It Takes an Egg Timer, it's a part manifesto, part guide to creating the time for your life. It is available on Amazon and the links will be in the show notes. And I have some great guests coming up this year, so be sure to check back in next week and listen. I will see you then. 
Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there. Mm-hmm.